This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a fun, good Saturday, bright, bright Saturday morning to you, Charlie, and everyone else. And to you too, friend. Yes, friend. We have a friend. (laughs) Franklin Proctor here. And oh, before airtime, Charlie says to me, so my backyard is just full of birds, in particular, four couples uh, of cardinals. cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Really? And uh, and it's the guys well, who are the really colorful ones. Right? Of course, that's right. And yeah. and I mentioned that this morning, as I was getting my car out, there's one of the male cardinals sitting up in this tree, and of yeah. course the tree is naked of leaves at this point, just trilling away, loud, 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 <laughs> real, but like that. Yeah. But you know, cocky loud. as anything, big and yeah. wet and loud. And look at me. Look, I am so beautiful. Look at rouge. me. <laughs> Exactement. So this cardinal was doing its show-offy thing, and I mentioned that, you know, the females have been very busy the last few weeks. I've noticed them working on gathering twigs. They're obviously building nests. Mm -hmm. And the males are pretty much sitting around eating and, you know, talking about how red they are. (laughs) (laughs) Say, and we have a special guest, speaking of trees, this morning, a little bit later on, we'll be chatting with uh, Jason. Jason Enling's going to join us from the Davy Tree Experts, so Mm. if you've got questions about trees, uh, in particular, we're going to be concentrating on the ash trees and the emerald ash borer, which has been causing, you know, wreaking havoc Uh in the, for all the ash trees across Ontario and eventually across Canada, I think. But, uh, yeah, Jason's going to come in about half, in about half an hour and fill us in on uh, some details and what to do and what to look for. I see you're clutching your notes, so I'll let you get to those after My I novel. give the phone numbers, yeah. okay? okay? All right, you want to reach Charlie here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, good enough? Here's a number for the Toronto area listeners, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, we'd love to hear from you, one 740 Please uh, keep in mind our little mantra, call early, call often, one question per call, and if you're a first-time caller, let the ever-lovely Sebastian know. Ever-lovely. Yes, and he shall inform me that you're a first-time caller, and that's what you're going to hear when you come on the air. You get your wings. Yeah. There you go. Uh, okay, so that's that's what's going on, and I will just give you an update. Okay, a couple important things to remember. 
Did you catch the TV show on Wednesday? No, I didn't. I, 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 You've been busy, I know. Been, um, uh, yeah. It's okay, it's okay. If How'd you miss, If you miss, I don't know, I didn't see it either. <laughs> I, was, oh. I was teaching on Wednesday night, okay. and it, it aired, it was the big premiere of Garden Wisdom for Western New York and Southern Ontario. It was on the local PBS stations, right. uh, but it was actually, you know, through WNED. Well, of course, I was teaching Wednesday night for the big premiere, but... There will be a couple of rebroadcasts, Franklin, so write oh, this down. Right. Friday, March 18th, 11.30 p.m. You'll be asleep by then. <laughs> Saturday, March 19th at 9.30 a.m. Well, of course, we're here, so you can't catch that one either. And then Saturday, March 26th at 4.30 p.m., oh, that one. one you can get. Okay. okay. Yeah, I got you. And tomorrow, remember, I am participating at, in Stump the Gardener at Canada Blooms. I have, you know, I'm trying to keep my crown. I did win last time. This is a competition. Not to brag or anything. Well, that's right. But yeah. like Elliot said, if you keep saying this, you're going to be so embarrassed if you don't win. It's like, what do you mean? I, I'm going to win. I, if I don't win. I'm going to win. <laughs> it's, my, it's my golden crown, you know, my tiara. 12 noon tomorrow on the main stage at Canada Blooms, which is, of course, at Exhibition Place, Enter Care Center, opened yesterday and is on right through until a week tomorrow. So 10 days couple of important announcements. Yep. Tomorrow, CD Sunday in Peterborough, mm. George Street United Church, 534 George Street North. Check out seed and gardening supply merchants, environmental groups. Uh, learn what it takes to set up your own vermicomposter. We're going to have to get Kathy in here, Kathy's crawlers. Get her to oh, bring yeah, some yeah, red yeah. worms in to, so you can oh, handle them. so much fun. Also tomorrow, Jerry Crawl from Rochester, New York, will present Rockin' with Rocks to the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society. Basic rock garden construction. Very good topic. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have dreams about rock gardens, but they don't have a clue how to construct Go them and, do it, yeah. well, and how to set the rocks. So he'll be talking about rock placement and copying nature uh, during his talk. That's 1 to 4 p.m. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East. Monday, March 14th at 8 p.m., the Agent Court Garden Club invites everyone to attend one of their fun evenings. Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. Uh, Joanne Blanchard will be speaking on growing the romantics. Mm-hmm. Do you know what those are? The romantics. No. Okay, there. It's it's. I didn't think you would. <laughs> and it's oh. no, it's no, nothing to do with art. Okay, so growing the romantics. The romantics are roses, peonies, and irises. So that's what oh. she's going to be talking about. Okay. Great desserts with your coffee and tea, just for pocket change. Uh, okay, and Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Okay, this last one. Week tomorrow, March 20th, 2 p.m., the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is hosting its very first meeting of the 2016 season. They meet at the Royal Botanical Garden Centre, located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington, in room number three. Mm-hmm. Marsha Gita is a member of the Etobicoke Master Gardeners and a garden designer, consultant, and advisor. Uh, she has an award-winning garden, and the topic of her talk is Rose de, tem- contemporary rose gardening. So lots going on with the roses right now. Um, she's going to focus on new disease-resistant, repeat-blooming roses, and uh, on and on and on. So that is a week tomorrow, 2 o'clock, at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Very good. Charlie Dubbin. Uh, our lines are full, mm-hmm. and we're going to be uh, going to the lines and having uh, words with you, or at least Charlie will. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
And we've got Charlie all primed up, ready to take on the calls. Okay, Dorothy on the line from Toronto. Good morning, Dorothy. Welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning. It's a nice sunny day. It is. Okay. Uh, Last fall, I phoned you and asked you how to uh, plant my cyclamen plant that Mm -hmm. had died. Mm -hmm. So I did. I followed your instructions, Mm -hmm. and I looked at it last week, and nothing has come up. Mm, So since last fall. Pardon? Since last fall, there's been no yes. growth. Uh-huh. It doesn't sound like it's alive. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of those, it's a, it's a, um, it's actually a, it's like a tuber under the ground, a cup-shaped tuber, yeah. and it once it goes dormant, sometimes it's very hard to force it out of dormancy, so it sounds like it probably has shriveled up. I, what I would do is, you could dig it up, you know, you've got it in soil, right, in a pot. Yeah, you could pull out a spoon, dig it up, and see what's going on. I mean, if it's just light and and has no weight or substance to it, it's compost. If yeah. it still is feels like a potato a almost, it. yeah, it's got like some you know s- substance. Put it back in the soil, right just on just below the surface, cup side up, so you know cup up, and uh, water from below. Keep it in a sunny spot and see if it'll it'll come out of dormancy. It should. It certainly should. If it hasn't, it's unusual. If it's alive. How, how long does it take to come up? Well, it's going to just start to send some little green buds off of that, that tuber. So uh, it, it, if it's alive and if it's in the right conditions in terms of some moisture, you should see growth within hours, if, if not days. No kidding. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No. So, yeah, give, get, just dig it up and take a look at it. Okay. All okay. Thanks, thanks, yeah, Dorothy. Thank you. Thank you. Let us know, Dorothy. Have a great day, and thank you for tuning our way here on The Garden Show from Sumer Radio, as did John in Mississauga. Hi, John. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Always nice to hear on the radio, buddy. And <laughs> oh, thank you. Nice to hear your voice. How are you doing? Well, I'm very busy, as you know, with I... nine fruit trees, and plus my neighbor and my cousin and so on. So Oof, You're pruning uh, and spraying. Um, yep. I start pruning already. I don't know if it's already. Yeah, no, but... no, it's good. That's good. You should be, yep. Okay, but my main question is, um, and some people want me to uh, graft some of my um, trees to them. Is it early to, to um, graft? Yes. You, yeah. wh- if you're going to do some grafting, yeah. then you are going to remove new tips from your trees uh-huh. and that's what you're going to graft onto a scion which is going to be somebody else's rootstock yes yes right uh-huh. as far as i know it's been many years since i did any grafting as far as i know for that to really be effective and happen quickly those the the graft particularly must be actively growing oh, okay so okay. to do it now it's all dormant and it probably won't it, it wouldn't wake up. You oh. need it to be actually active for, for that to work. Maybe I should wait till April then, Charlie? I, you know what? Let me check, John. I'll, I'll report back next week. I, for some reason, I have, like, June stuck in my head. So it might be more like a June or a July thing, like a more of a late spring, early summer. So let me, uh, let me check, and I will report back. And uh, regarding, regarding spraying dormant oil, normally I do it at the end of March, first week of April. As, again, is it too early? You know what? Remember last year? We were frozen solid at yeah, this time. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I, I, believe me, I, I was always anxious to get out of here, <laughs> you know? Of course. It wasn't a bad winter, but... Aren't we um, all? So, okay, so John, the only thing with the dormant spray is you need certain conditions. So don't look at the calendar. Just make sure you've got the conditions as following. Yeah. Temperature above zero. 
Okay. And will stay above zero for at least 24 hours. Okay. No rain in the forecast for at least 24 hours. Yes. And virtually no wind. No wind. That's all you need. Once you've got those conditions, dormant spray to your heart's content. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, quick question before you go. The grafting, was it apples or pears or both? Um, to, to tell you the truth, you know that, that uh, uh, the, the fruit that I send you, the bambanala, the one that I... Uh, yes. People want that, you know, like I crazy, bet. especially Maltese people. Yep. Right? Yep. Which they don't have. Yep. And after I send all those pictures to some friends of mine, you know. <laughs> Everybody wants um, it. I've, I've done grafting before, Charlie, mm-hmm. and, and uh, to be honest with you, I did it around uh, uh, the full moon in April. Oh, okay, yep. So, but anyhow, um, so it, it, it's more, it's a pear. Okay. Excellent. So, all right, just wanted to check what fruit we no, were talking about. No, no, about. no, it's okay. No, um, no, I don't mind. Um, all right, sounds good. And I love the full moon reference you just made. So why full moon? Um. To tell you the truth, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if, if, if it's something the Maltese did in, in, in their days, um, but I have, a, I have a Portuguese guy behind me, uh-huh. and I gave him some uh, seance, like you said, and, and um, he said, he said, John, he said, um, uh, try and do it in, in, in the full moon. And you know why that yeah. is, Because eh? there is a, a gardening by the moon calendar. Uh-huh. When the moon is full, uh-huh. it's got its maximum gra- um Pull, pull? on Earth. And that's when the tides are at their highest because the water is pulled by the moon's gravity, right? So the the theory is is that if you plant seeds during a full moon, Uh the water level, the water table and the moisture in the land is at its highest in the soil at that time and your seeds are more likely to germinate. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things you do during full moons and other things. So that makes sense, moons. really, John. Yeah. So the yeah. graft, I'm just so grafting maximum moisture. Yeah, I'm not sure if it would have huge impact, but it, nevertheless, never hurts. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, Frank, you're learning something from me. You got it, my friend. Yeah, I always do. He's always learning. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, John. Thanks, John. All right. Which Thank implies, you. of course, I know nothing. So. Well, <laughs> but that's about right. You know, you know, you got sous chef of the garden. Well, you know, under, yes. under, under, under. Undergardener <laughs> doesn't really know much. As John waves bye bye, that leaves the line open at 416-360-0740. And uh, anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-744-740. We're going to take a little bit of a break and uh, come back and have a word with Joan out in Brampton right after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, saying hello to Joan in Brampton. Welcome to the show, Joan. Good morning. Morning. Lovely day. Lovely, exactly. Good morning. My question is about two evergreens. I have a boxwood and a yew, and they're both kind of a round shape, Mm -hmm. and they face north. Um, The outside is all nice and green, but they're getting so they're all gray and twiggy on the inside, and I just wondered if I can cut right back to that twiggy part. Mm. Well, I wouldn't do it now, but yes, with the yew, you could do that. Yews are amazing. They will sprout new growth off of very old, woody stems. Mm -hmm. Boxwood, not so much. So um, that's a challenge. Um, The other thing is do wait until they are actively growing, which this year might be mid-May, late May, early June kind of time frame. Otherwise, they're just going to look really not pretty for a number of months. Well, I thought I'd put up with a look if I can do them now. <laughs> well, if 
my hesitation. And remember as well, how old are these? Have they ever been pruned and how long have they been there? Oh, I usually prune them and trim them every year. Okay. Um, one's been there all probably 10 or 15 years and the other maybe about six years. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, if we do prune them every year, that's good. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways we can keep them uh, in, sh- in the, to the size that we right. want them. Because typically yews and boxwoods are near our homes as mm-hmm. a foundation plant. That's where they are. Yeah, exactly. and if they get too big, then all of a sudden the house starts looking like a dollhouse. So it's really important to keep them pruned and under control. If the inside is naked and woody, that's fine because nobody sees the inside. It should be all green and full on the outside. That's the way they are, yeah. And, and that's perfectly normal because no sun gets to the inside. There's very little air circulation, and it is completely normal to not have a lot of green growth on the inside of these plants. Oh, okay. So it's not like, um, you know, like a deciduous hedge or something where we get all kinds of green leaves on the center and on the outside. Except uh, I sit on my porch and I can see all this. Uh, Very twiggy part. So, yeah, well... But I can prune them. You can prune them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't prune more than 25% at any one time. And and remember as well, feed the soil around these plants, whether it's composted manure or evergreen food, whatever it is, feed them to encourage new growth while you're doing all this pruning. The idea is you want it to grow back nice and thick and lush. So I can't prune right back to the twiggy part then? I wouldn't. You'll probably kill them. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for very your much, call. Joe. <laughs> okay. Uh, just a note to our guests on the line. We are expecting a special guest coming in fairly shortly. Stay tuned, though. Don't go away because uh, what the guest will be talking about, very interesting stuff. But we will get to you, okay? Uh, and we can take one more call for sure here. Pauline in Toronto. Good morning. Hello, Hello. Pauline. Good morning. Hello. Yep. Lovely morning. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm. I have... Um, an amarilla who, that has bloomed twice. Mm. And, yeah, it's a beautiful Ludwig Dazzler. Oh, lovely, yeah. And um, now it's, uh, it's, I think this will be the last day it blooms, but I'm wondering what to do with the, the big <clears throat> leaves. Well, <laughs> if I you... cut them back? Or? No, well, hold on, because do you want to see that plant bloom again next year? Yes. Okay. So in order for that to happen, you've got to let those green leaves grow because when they're growing, the plant is sitting in the sun. The green leaves Uh are absorbing that sunshine, converting that sunshine into carbohydrates, fattening up the bulb so next year it will bloom again. Oh. Right? So So they're just going to look pretty bad. <laughs> well, it's a, it's it, cut down the flower stem once the flowers are done. Okay. It the it's stem. they're long narrow green leaves and yes, they can get very kind of floppy and bushy. But you know, if you can just sit it in a sunny spot, water on occasion, let it grow and let it can if you and put it outside for the summer if you want once we're frost free. Outside okay. into the shade, let it just be a floppy green plant outside, you know, again, water it on occasion. By August stop watering it because Uh by august you're going to just say okay now it's time to go to sleep no more water and the leaves will turn shrivel up and turn yellow and you'll just put it away um for a a couple you know eight weeks ten weeks and then you'll pull it out Uh so that it's blooming for christmas so uh, that's what happened with my plant last year i didn't do all that yeah okay so yeah (laughs) well that's it so they you know they you take a lot of energy to create all those beautiful flowers that you saw so the Mm -hmm. bulb is very depleted right now so in order to fatten up you've got to let it sit in the sun okay okay 
Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Thanks for I'll your call. I'll call you back and let you see. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Keep in touch. Thank you very much. The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio is broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And you have a special person to welcome to the line here. Yeah, a special guest is joining us, Jason Enling. He is the district manager uh, in the Toronto East office of the Davy Tree Expert Company. Now, everybody has seen the Davy Tree trucks around. They've been around for many, many years. They are very expert at tree care. So Jason's joining us. He's going to give us some tips on what, when to call an arborist. And we want to specifically talk a little bit about the ash trees and the emerald ash borer. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. This is Frank. I'd like you to meet hey, Frank Jason. Proctor. Nice Hi, to Frank. meet you. And looking forward to uh, hearing some more information about arborists and all that sort of thing. Well, as I told Jason the other day, you know, I'm often we get calls on the radio, on the garden show, people asking about a tree that doesn't look good. And it's like, well, I can't see the tree from the radio. So it sounds, you know, trees are worth a lot of money. Trees uh, add incredible value to your home. If you don't want to lose that tree, get a certified arborist onto your property to take a look and tell you what's going on and give you advice on what to do next. And Jason, you pointed out, and and just tell the listeners what you told me about calling in for a consultation. Yeah, I would, it's fairly uh, straightforward. A lot of people sometimes get concerned with the costs and stuff like that of just even getting a tree assessed Mm -hmm. or of getting um, a problem looked at. So Mm -hmm. sometimes that makes people hesitate quite a bit, but Mm -hmm. In general, most tree companies, ours included, the, the initial assessment is free. Right. Um, it's usually the remedial work or um, any type of uh, a follow-up work, mm-hmm. pruning or type of uh, insect or disease type of treatment or fertilizing. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff is the stuff we end up charging for. But the initial consultation for, mm-hmm. for us and for most companies is, is free. Right, so that's... Well, that's perfect. Then folks know what's ahead of them. Right, and yeah, they can, can decide, yeah. right? Because now you've got the expert on your property examining the tree yeah. and now writing some notes about recommendations, whatever they may be, and providing a quote at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, and that, that Davey does that, and I'm sure, as you point out, most, you know, quality tree care companies do that. And that's so important because by the time some, a homeowner notices that something's wrong with their tree, chances are there's been something wrong for quite a long you time. You need help. Yeah. That's yeah. Or they try to diagnose it themselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can come close with the Internet being <laughs> True. at your fingertips. True. True. But sometimes it takes that little bit of uh, discernment uh, in the, and a certified arborist, right? That little bit of extra opinion there of what's going on for remedial work. Yeah. That's right. Yep, absolutely. So, um, and of course, call sooner than later if yeah. in doubt. Yeah. And you told me something that I hadn't thought about. Because, okay, so the ash trees, of which are native to Ontario, yeah. green ash, white ash, black ash, blue ash, they're planted all over the place. They were planted as a city tree because they grow grow in, you know, pollution, they grow in poor soils, they're just wonderful trees, suddenly in the last, what, 10 years, have been um, <clears throat> uh, infested by uh, an invasive insect called the emerald ash borer, which arrived in Canada from the United States, which arrived from wherever it did, Asia somewhere, I believe. Yeah. So 
this infestation of emerald ash borers is decimating the ash trees. And the city tree, cities have planted them, and the cities are now going around dealing with them. They're either cutting them down or they did start some treatments, insecticidal treatments, a number of years ago. But there are trees on private property. People own tree, ash trees, which are dead or dying at this point. Uh, if, yeah. if I had an ash tree on my property, and I, what would I look for and say, geez, that, that looks like, you know, the ash borer, uh, and I should call. What sort of uh, tips can you offer up just to have folks take a look at and realize what it might be? Well, the number one thing I see uh, that kind of indicates that you've got the problem even before a tree starts dying back mm-hmm. is woodpecker activity. Mm-hmm. Oh. You'll actually start to see where the woodpeckers have been Either you'll actually physically see them in the tree mm-hmm. or that they've been poking holes in it or stripping bark off to find these boars. There's so many in the tree even at, at that point mm-hmm. that it really attracts the woodpecker. So that's one of the first things that you would see even before you would start to see dieback and sprouting, pro- prolific sprouting on the stems of the ash tree. From the base. Yeah. Right. So a big tree but lots of little suckers growing yeah, off the bottom. All the way up the stem, yeah. yeah. That's usually when, <clears throat> that's another indicator, Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right, so now I'm a homeowner with a big old ash tree that I think is probably infested. It's too late to treat. There's no magical cure once the borer is in there. So what do I do? Uh, well, the first thing I would do is, con- is contact uh, an, a certified arborist, a mm-hmm. company to come in and take, and take a look at it. Um, now, a minor infestation you could be treated, but mm-hmm. you would have to catch it pretty early. Mm-hmm. So if it's not, I would say, in the greater Toronto area, mm-hmm. um, we're not early anymore. This, the, ash, the ash, emerald ash borer has been in our trees in the GTA for several years. Mm-hmm. So um, you could get a, a, someone can consult you and see how uh, advanced it is, but mm-hmm. one of the things I would highly suggest is the tree will go. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of if it's if it's, it's going to recover or come back yeah. miraculously. Yeah. If it's you know more than thirty percent dieback already, the mm-hmm. tree will go, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to pursue taking it down, or it will come down on its own. And the longer it stands dead mm-hmm. or dying in the yard, the more dangerous it becomes. Yes. And it becomes dangerous even to remove, to climb, to uh, it. It becomes a very brittle. That the the way that the borer attacks the tree, mm-hmm. it really dries out the cells in there, mm-hmm. and it really weakens the cells. And it tunnels inside too, which yeah. also contributes to weakening. Yes. So at any the 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 deader it gets, yeah. the more dangerous it gets because the 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 branches and the stem itself. It becomes so weak that it becomes a difficulty to take. So we've got a, a bit of a war going on here. How are we doing with the war? Is there any chance of ever winning, or, or is it against a, the war? Yeah, mm-hmm. people that have and there's municipalities as well. People, uh, homeowners, some people that have been injecting their trees already, that have gotten on top of it ahead of time, um, will probably benefit from the fact that when the rest of the ash trees go, mm-hmm. the population will really. Of the insect will drop because yeah. there'll be less yeah. food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the idea. Once the wave of the, this giant wave of of boring insects moves so, out of the area, mm-hmm. that those trees that have been treated all along uh, can can you know will have a greater chance of survival. 
Now, it will probably always be an issue, yeah. uh, so they would probably need injection for quite a while before. Well, what, that's, what is it a, you it's inject? It's an yeah. annual injection. It's like a little syringe, yeah. right, yes. uh, of an insecticide. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and but it's an annual injection, and it costs money. Yes, it does. So, it, you know, if you were a homeowner had a lovely ash that you wanted to save, five or six years ago, you had to start these annual injections, yeah. and this is an ongoing cost yeah. to keep there the are, ash alive. There are pockets and there are areas in the GTA and that uh, will have ash trees that are um, that are not fully infested yet that may be, warrant uh, injection. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, I find in areas where there's not a whole lot of ash trees, so if there's not a forest of ash trees right. what nearby, stands alone. you may have a pocket where the ash tree is not um, infested yet. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. If it was just a single tree, yeah. the borers might not have discovered it yet. Yeah, they may don't, not have found it yet. Don't yet. say it too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, on a broader subject, what's the most popular reason that people call you? Is there anything you can kind of zero in on and say, oh, yeah, that's the most prevalent call? Well... In the last two years, it's been ash trees. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Um, it's a problem that people can't ignore anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing, you know, about a year or two, the, 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 the publicity wasn't out there about the emerald ash borer. But mm-hmm. because it's so prevalent, I mean, you in York, Durham, mm-hmm. Toronto, there's areas, pockets of forest with predominant ash trees. You can drive by on the highway and yeah. see hundreds of trees dead. Uh-huh. Uh, people can't ignore that anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. And the ice storm a couple of years ago probably yeah, also that was a big one too, kept yeah. you busy. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. seemed like every arborist uh, across all of North America, but particularly Ontario, mm-hmm. was working nonstop, 24-7 for about a year and a half. There. And there's still lots of remedial work mm-hmm. from the ice storm to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. yeah, so you, you'd probably still get calls, residential and commercial, for that purpose yeah. as well. Yep. Good stuff. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jason. And um, maybe we can talk again soon about uh, what to replace ash trees with, because that's another job that arborists often do, is they provide consulting services yeah. for people to help per- like recommend a tree, purchase a tree. Do you guys plant trees? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. We're through through uh, nurseries that we mm-hmm. have uh, mm-hmm. affiliations with throughout uh, the GTA in Ontario, yeah. yes. Yep. Yep. And so, the Davy Tree uh, Company is located really throughout Ontario, B.C., yep. Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Yeah, wow, you guys are big company. Busy, yeah. yeah. So for any of our listeners, the website is? www.davy.com. And D-A-V-E-Y is yeah. how you spell Davy. Except I've got www.davytree.ca. Yes, and that also, sorry, <laughs> www.davytree.ca. Uh, and that, that will take you to your, you can get to your local office via the website that way, yep. and the manager that, and the arborist that takes care of your area. Perfect. That's terrific. Thanks, Jason. Okay. Take Thank care. You. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks you for bet. calling. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. All right. Nice weekend. is well, right. fascinating that information. Really. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's such a big subject. Well, no surprise. Trees yeah, are big, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got folks on the line we're going to get to in just a couple of moments uh, in, in just a flash here. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, thank you, Rosa and Sandy, for hanging on the line there. We'll be back and chat with you, but we do have a couple of lines open right now, 416-360-0740 in the Toronto area. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie Dobbin, 
The Gardener is on the air here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for joining us on this gorgeous Saturday morning. And just before we go back to the lines, which we will momentarily, you've got one little addendum here, right? One little addendum is right. So Jason was just speaking to us on the subject of ash Mm -hmm. trees and the emerald ash borer. And I just wanted to remind everybody, these are strictly ash trees we're talking about, not mountain ash. Mountain ash are the trees that get the little orange berries on them. They have white flowers in the spring, orange berries in the summer, and typically the birds will eat the orange berries eventually. Ash, just straight ash, are the ones that we were talking about. They have no fruit to speak of, um, that, you know, that you would notice anyway. And the flowers aren't particularly showy. So mountain ash are not susceptible to the boar. Ash are susceptible. Good point. Thanks okay. for pointing that out. Okay, Rosa from Milton. Good morning. Good morning, Rosa. Hey, good morning, Frank. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Beautiful day, mm-hmm. so I feel beautiful, too. Good. That's the best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now, what happened was I was over in Switzerland about four years ago, mm-hmm. and I bought uh, two of the envelopes of the uh, old uh, Edelweiss uh-huh. flowers. Uh-huh. Now, what I want to know is, after all these years, are, am I going to still be able to get flowers out of these old seeds? Uh, well, have you been? Have you kept them in a... They're still in the packages, of, yes. obviously, so they're in the dark. Have they been kept in, you know, dry location, uh, yes. regular room temperature? Uh-huh. Okay. What I would do, because all seed varieties have different germination rates depending on the age of the seed. So some seeds can last for years and years and still germinate fine. Other seeds, like corn, for example, even a two-year-old corn seed rarely germinates. You know, they they have to be fresh, fresh. So what I would do is, number one, you could just get a flat, get some seed mix, sow the seeds, you know, do the proper propagation for the seeds to grow and cross your fingers and look after them and, you know, hope they work. But if you want to just do a a quick test, like what we call a germination test, just get some paper towel, moisten some paper towel, take about five or six seeds, put them between the paper towel, Mm -hmm. put the paper towel into a Ziploc bag and sit that, that Ziploc bag with the moist paper towel and seeds inside it in a warm spot. So maybe on top of the fridge, um, just somewhere not cold, like not on a window ledge or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And just give it a little bit more warmth and regular room temperature. Okay. And, and just every day, open it up, open up the paper towel, and you will see. So give it about, and on the package, it'll say, you know, germinates within whatever, 10 to 14 days. Okay. So go the whole 14 days. And at the end of the 14 days, count how many have germinated. If you've got better than 50% germination, then just go for it. Plant them all. Okay. So then once I've exposed them to the air, like let's say they, they, they are good, right? Mm-hmm. So once that envelope is open, is it uh, meaning that 
the seeds are no longer good or I can even plant the other ones? <clears throat> no, yeah, don't worry about the air. Air okay. is not your problem. Uh, okay. Seeds are a little bundle of potential, and it, exposing them to air doesn't matter. It's not like a plant, you know, with okay. little roots and things. They don't, all a seed needs is the right conditions in order for that potential to be realized. Okay, can I put them, when you said put them in a uh, envelope, uh, not in a, in a Paper towel, that's strictly that's to test for germination viability. Okay, can I put it on the register where the hot air comes from? The free, the, uh, oh, the you could as long as it's not too warm. Yep. <clears throat> okay, then. Okay, okay. All right. thank you or, very much. Or, or just skip the whole you know, germination test and just go straight to planting and, uh, and see what happens. Okay. All right, thanks, thank you Rosa. Thank very much. Okay, Rosa, hope that helps out. Uh, let's see, we can take one more call here. Oh, yes, yeah, Sandy in Cedarville. Hello, Sandy. Hello. Good Thanks morning. Thank my call. Good morning. Our pleasure. We have um, about three-quarters of an acre of property, and the whole property is in, infested with, with comfrey. Oh. I um, tried digging it out one day, and I think I was there most of the day, and I got mm. like a little plot of about <laughs> eight foot square. Mm-hmm. And the roots are as big as my arm. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't go any further, and it just migrates everywhere. Mm. How do I kill it? Well, is there anything I can do? I mean, so it's okay. So you've got two options. One is you, because of where you're located and the size of your property, you would have access to agricultural co-op kind of uh, stores, and they have Roundup for sale that can be used to spray the green as the green emerges uh, and and would require more than one spray to kill the plants. It would still take a a number of weeks and a fair amount of spraying. The other um, idea would be the solarization idea, which is where we just bake those plants by solarizing them. The sun bakes them through plastic. And again, you're not going to do a whole three quarters of an acre at a time, but you would work away at chunks and and mm-hmm. kill off the comfrey. And as you as you said, you'd have to be very careful to not allow it to invade back in. You'd also yeah. want to be staying right on top of avoiding allowing the, any existing comfrey to flower, because of course the okay. flowering, the seeding, and you're right back to where you were. Yeah. Well, it, it just, it's just uh, very invasive. Yeah. And, uh, we put in a, a fish pond a few years ago, mm. and it's even migrated over there. Yeah. I'm more interested in getting rid of it out of my garden mm-hmm. rather than the whole property because mm-hmm. it pops up in the middle of the lawn, and mm-hmm. you know it's a real nuisance. So, yeah. Well, that's going to the of the property. We just cut it. Yeah, well, that's more, the, but. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the challenge. Once you've got that much established invasive plant, you've got all kinds of root action, and the only way that you're going to ever cause those roots to die off is to kill off the above ground growth. Right. Right. So whether it's killing it off with a herbicide like Roundup, uh-huh. or because ki- you can use that on an invasive plant like that, or uh-huh. using uh, like the solarization, the sun baking again to kill the green leaves, the green stems, the roots will die. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, well, we'll give it a shot and see how it's we make it. It's a big job. So good luck Thanks. with that. Thanks for your help. All Thank right. you. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Sous chef of the garden, Frankie Proctor, saying hi and good morning to Sandra in Etobicoke. Welcome to the show. 
Good morning, Charlie, Frank. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say I did see you on the uh, PBS special. Oh, oh yeah, good. I, was, um, I love the idea of water barrels. I have two of them. Nice. And they're just fabulous. I never used any tap water on my planters all year. That's exactly. I have about 18 to 20 yeah. of them. That's great. That's what I do, too. I use my, my rain barrel and rain water for my containers because it's so perfect. You just it's fill fabulous. up a watering can and go around and do your thing. Anyway, that wasn't my question. No. Um, I have some blanket flower, and it's the, uh, the wildflower variety, the tall ones. Mm-hmm. I've had them probably for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Last year, towards the end of the summer, the stems got covered in what I think was spider mites. Uh. I don't know if it was or not. They were red. Uh-huh. Um, they didn't affect the flowers, uh-huh. which is why I didn't notice them, first of all. The flowers were fine. Uh, they almost looked like green fly, but red. Okay, so they c- sounds like aphids. Were, and they were all along the stem? All along the stems. The stems were literally covered. In the end, I just cut them down at root level, bagged them up and got rid of them. Okay. Because yeah. I kept spraying, mm-hmm. and it just was not getting rid of them. And I, you were spraying with what, with water or soap? Um, or? I used the, the, the safest insecticidal soap. Oh, interesting. And it didn't seem no. to make well, it No, it might have killed some of them, but there were so literally the stems were covered. But I, you, they were v- very obvious to the eye. You didn't need a magnifying glass to see them. Well, the stems are red of the blanket flower, so they blended in. So mm. I didn't notice them initially, huh. and I just happened to be checking them on them one yeah. day, and I, I thought, well, what is this? And they were just... <laughs> Everywhere. The whole stem was literally covered. Yeah. So sounds like aphids. They come in every color of the rainbow. Black, okay. green, orange, yellow, red. And when they're first born, they're almost clear. So, And, of course, aphids uh, suck juices from plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then their little bodies fill up with the liquids and they turn into like little balloons. Their legs can't even touch down <laughs> because their bodies get so round and fat. So don't worry because, of course, um, those would have... Uh, been annihilated over the winter. If you had had spider mite as a problem, you would have seen the webbing, but you wouldn't have seen the spider mites because they're very yeah, much no webbing. Reco- so it, it would have been the aphids. Yeah, they, you need a magnifying glass to see a spider mite, so you wouldn't have seen it just by to the naked eye. And the other thing is, if it was spider mite, same thing. Spider mite does not survive outside over the winter, so they won't come back. I've, I've no. had the reg- I've seen the regular aphids. Yeah. But I've never seen them red. Yeah, I know. They're hilarious, the way the colors they come in. <laughs> so, so they don't change color from, say, the sap from the stem that they're... they Yes, they can be affected by what they eat, for sure. So they could very... turn red because the stem is really very red. That's right. And their body, their, their um, bodies are very thin-walled. So that's why soap does work. Uh, typically, squishing them works. Sometimes even people will just use a blast of water in the hose to, to you know, blow them off. I just worry that I'm going to blow the aphids off of one plant onto another plant when I do that. Yes, so I would too. Not a big fan. The, the insecticidal probably did help, but it was... Literally, even the little stems up to each bloom were covered. Yeah, yeah. I've so that's a lot of so spraying. Because for the soap to work, you have to coat the body of every single insect. And in the end, it was towards the end of the summer, and I thought, right. well, I'd be better off just cutting them off. Yeah, oh, that's fine. Getting rid of them. Yeah, don't worry. Okay. Well, All right. Well, good luck with this coming spring, and I, I cross your fingers, no more aphids. I hope so. Keep your eyes peeled, okay? <laughs> Thanks for your calls, Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Charlie. All righty. Have a great day, great weekend, and boy, we've got a great weekend coming up here. Well, certainly today.
Oh, look at it. I know. Yeah. Today's gorgeous. I think they're talking like double, serious double digits today. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. good taste of spring. Get out there. Get pruning those fruit trees. If you're at home and looking for something to do, think about your dormant spray, as John mentioned, when it comes to the fruit trees and any of the susceptible mm-hmm. woody plants out there. And you, what are you doing? I'll be back at 2 o'clock with mm-hmm. the Live in the City, and we'll be talking about all sorts of things, plus uh, wonderful music. Lively things. Good Timeless stuff. hits here Excellent. on Zoomer Radio. Well, I'm like I said, I'm off to uh, Canada Blooms today to the Garden Writers Association and then tomorrow Stump the Gardener at noon on the main stage. So cheer me on. Well, yes. I expect you to be there. Keep a hold of that crown. Oh, Don't let it go. That, that golden shovel. <laughs> They're not touching it. Okay. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Sebastian. Thank Thanks to all our great callers and Jason from Davy Tree. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.